Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome into another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. I am Davey Hudson alongside former Titan Denard Walker, and we appreciate you joining us here today as we recap the Titans 42 to 36 overtime thriller in which the Titans walk away victorious over the Houston Texans and improve to 5 and 0 on the season. And Denard, first off, how you doing today, man? Davey, I'm doing great yourself, man. I'm doing a lot better after that win, and I'm really looking forward to talking about it with you because whenever you're talking about an electric performance of ups and downs, you never know. The momentum is just turning from one team to the other, and fortunately, the Titans come out on top. What are your biggest takeaways from watching Tennessee walk away with the win today, Denard? Absolutely wow. The first thing that comes to mind when I watched this game today was a resilient bunch of individuals coming together as one. And if you're a football coach, that's exactly what you instill in your players to put your differences aside and come together for one common goal, and that's to win. And that's exactly what this team did today. I was literally just, I was in shock. Because this is a team that could have tanked it. And they don't know how, which is great. And I love it. I love it. I love the passion. I love the grit. I love the fact that they didn't make no excuses, you know, coming off of a short week. And they came out today and they played as good. I mean, each week I'm, I just get more and more excited to see this team play. So this was a, just an all-out, just a gritty performance by a bunch of guys coming together collectively for one common goal, and that's to win. So congratulations to the Tennessee Titans. They're 5-0, D. 5-0, baby. I feel good. And, it, I mean, it leads me to ask the question, do you believe? And and right now I think Titans fans are feeling, feeling pretty good. And football is back, and just because you might not be at the game, you can still get in on all the action at Bet Online. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. There's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And Denard, you mentioned we're 5-0. and If the playoffs were to start today, I know we got a long ways away, but the Titans are the number one team in the AFC. I don't think a lot of people predicted that that's where they would be at after we get through week six. Now, again, there has been some scheduling changes, and we look forward as this coming Sunday, we're going to be taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are also 5-0, and and that game will be for first place in the AFC. But we're going to, at least for this show, continue to talk about the Titans win over the Texans. And Denard, you talked about the Titans not willing to kind of call it quits. Their resiliency continued throughout the game. And as we kind of walk our way through this one, the game started out and the Titans looked to be rolling along right where they left off playing Buffalo. They got up to a 14-0 lead, and that's by the end of the first quarter. And you're thinking, all right, here we go. I'm just going to cruise to another win. Just go through the motions, we'll be fine. Well, you end up getting to halftime, you're up 21 to 10, 
and you're still looking good. You've not made really any mistakes. But then the third quarter hits. And this is where, looking at the second half in overtime, I want to spend majority of our discussion because this is where things got a little rocky for the Titans at times. You go down, and Steven Goskowski has a field goal blocked. That field goal would have put you up 24-10. to 10. You get a two-touchdown lead. Unfortunately, you know, things don't, don't go well there. And as I'm trying to pull it up, the next drive, the Texans have five plays, 79 yards, and a touchdown, and they get it 21-17. to 17. Then the next drive, the Titans go three plays, negative 21 yards, and they fumble it. J.J. Watt gets a strip sack on Ryan Tannehill, and the Texans then score three plays later, and they take the lead 23-21. to 21. Fortunately, they missed that extra point. But, Denard, as you kind of look at that back-to-back drives where you have the blocked field goal, the defense lets up a long touchdown, and then you have the other turnover, just that series of plays right there, What's going through your head? What What are these players probably thinking in that moment? Well, let me just say this, D. Greg Williams, my former defensive coordinator when I was playing with the Titans for four years, who basically taught me everything. He's with the Jets now. Uh, and I, I just like to shout out to Greg. He's a great coach. I don't like his haircut, but he's a super great coach. And he's a fiery individual. He learned under the Jeff Fisher School of Football, and both of those guys learned under the tutelage of the great buddy, Ryan. And let me just say this. One of the things they always instilled in their players, especially when I played at Tennessee, was this game of football every Sunday or Monday or Thursday. This is a game of ebbs and flows. You're up one minute, you're down the next. You're up one minute, you're down the next. But you have to keep playing through the good and the bad because somewhere down the line what you want is to find a little patch of grass where you can walk smoothly through that doesn't always happen that way so you just got to keep walking you just got to keep going through you got to keep pushing through and that's exactly what we saw today sometimes we've seen games where the momentum shifts and then all of a sudden a team is deflated we see that all the time on sundays Good teams know how to fight through bad situations. You know, I said all I say this all the time. Good teams know how to fight through bad situations. That's what makes you resilient in this game. You want to be a great team? You got to fight through the chaos. And that's exactly what they did today. Yeah, I tell you what, Houston, let me just say this. I've been waiting for a guy by the name of Brandon Cooks to step up for a long time. I've been watching him since he was drafted out of Oregon State. Beavers. Went to New Orleans, played at New England, played for the Rams. Guy who runs a what a uh, what run a forty so fast they don't even time him. See, so bad. But guess what? These got these boys showed up today for Houston. And Greg Williams used to say this all the time: the guys on the opposing team they get paid as well, so they're going to make some plays. They didn't have no quit in them today. And Romeo Cornell is one of the best minds in this game. I knew. He was going to have his troops ready. But again, Tennessee, basically, when Houston, when they started punching, Tennessee punched back. And that's called a game of attrition. And it depends on, it's like a heavyweight fight. I told you this time and time again. This is a 12-round match. And championship rounds, don't they don't start till the sixth round. 
that's when them blows start getting harder. And that's when guys start getting tired. So the question is, is who's going to last at the end? And that's exactly what the Titans did today. They outlasted, they outlasted this Houston team that didn't quit. So you got to give it up for Romeo's bunch. Hey, Romeo Cornell basically saying, I want to be a head coach. And if I'm a, if I'm a owner, I'm saying to myself, what I witnessed today going in and playing one of the hottest teams in the AFC, hey, he's for real. We might need to consider him for a head coaching position here uh, down in Houston. Yeah, Denard, going back to just as, as the game flow goes, I kind of stopped after Houston took the lead 23-21 to because, I mean, the Titans, they're able to kind of get things going again. They have a 10-play drive. They go 56 yards but Steven Goskowski misses the field goal. And so then you're thinking, oh, man, here come the kicking woes again where you've had a kick get blocked. You've had this field goal go to go. Uh, you kind of hooked it to the right and or pushed it to the right. And then after that, there's one drive where Houston has to punt. Your defense gets to stop. And then you could just tell the defenses were deflated completely after this. Nothing really happened. It was touchdown, 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 except for one interception in there with Ryan Tannehill. But my favorite play or my favorite drive of the game came right after Houston managed to get the ball after we missed the punt or missed the field goal. They punt it. We get the ball at the six. And our one play was give the ball to Derrick Henry and let him go to work. One play, 94 yards, touchdown. The Titans take the lead, 29-23. Incredible run. We've seen him do this types of things before. He did it to the Jacksonville Jaguars where he went 99 yards. And you see him do it again today, 94 yards, one cut. He was gone. And it was incredible just to, again, see a guy that big get such a head of speed and just run past guys that look like they're actually moving faster than him whenever you're just watching them run. But somehow, just being the freak of nature that he is, he continues past them, gets the touchdown. The Titans are back on top. And then you're right, all right, let's have the defense come out there, get a stop. That doesn't happen. Two plays, 75 yards, touchdown. Houston goes back on top, 30-29. to 29. So as, as we kind of like talk about this, it's, it's one of those things to where you just see the defenses are deflated. The next play, though, the Titans get the ball back. Ryan Tannehill throws an interception. He throws it too high. Uh, he's, he's pushing Khalif Raymond down the field instead of trying to throw it over to the top. And Raymond's not big enough to really make the make the play over Roby, who Roby's a really good cornerback. Yes. And so, oh man, here here they go again. Our defense not able to get a stop. Houston goes down, scores a touchdown. They're up thirty six to twenty nine, and we're we're under two minutes at this point. Fortunately, the defense does come up, and a guy that we did not get to see last week, but Jeffrey Simmons, he gets his hand yes. up and he deflects the two-point conversion from being able to be caught. That ah, yes. allows you to at least have a chance. You're only down seven. And you're like, all right, here we go. Let's, uh, let's, let's see what we can do. And as we get the ball back, 36-29, Houston's up. We go nine plays, 76 yards, and we find A.J. Brown in the end zone for a what was a seven-yard pass but it was really off of a situation where Houston was expecting the spike, and we don't spike it. We It's not necessarily a fake, but you could tell like we were lining up for it, and we're like, we got one-on-one over the top with AJ. We're going to take that matchup every time. Damn Marino 94. 
Dan Marino '94 against the Jets. It, it wasn't. It wasn't quite like that. Uh, not it like that. It but went, it was. It was. It was a little bit. Dan Marino '1994. Th- that's how they got that. They didn't do it quite like Dan Marino did, but they it, they piggy banked off that play. I'll, I'll, I'll you know. give you the piggyback. I'll give you the piggyback. <laughs> um, and fortunately, then we kick the extra point and we go to overtime. And before before we get to overtime, Denard, I kind of want to ask you about because. You just saw the cornerbacks in this game. It seemed like they were continually getting roasted. Uh, the quarterbacks were having their way. Um, and, and part of that's uh, being able to get a, a pass rush. There wasn't much there. But when you're looking at Ryan Tannehill for the day, he was 30-41, 364 yards, four touchdowns, and an interception. He had a passer rating of 122.4. And, I mean, the big leader in receiving for the Titans was Anthony Ferkser, eight receptions, 113 yards. And then you had Adam Humphreys, Mr. Reliable, third down guy to go to, six receptions, 64 yards. And A.J. Brown, five receptions, 56 yards, two touchdowns. Berkshire and Humphreys also had a touchdown. Those were the big three that they really tried to get going in the passing game today, especially after Johnny Smith got hurt. Then when you look at it on the inverse, there was the big three for the Texans. You had Will Fuller with six receptions, 123 yards and a touchdown. Darren Fell, six receptions, 85 yards and a touchdown. And Brandon Cooks, as you mentioned earlier, nine receptions, 68 yards, and a touchdown. Why do you think the offenses were just so much ahead of the defenses in these in this game today, Denard? Well, let me say this, D. And you said Jeffrey Simmons, and I got a little excited because you said that was your favorite play was the 94-yard touchdown run by D by the D train, right? But what I, you yeah. didn't, but you didn't admit, yeah, but the, you didn't my mention, but I love. Right, your favorite offense to play. But let me tell you something. That was a prelude uh, before that run happened. You don't remember the big third and eight? That was the sack big Jeffrey, by Jeffrey Simmons. Simmons the sack yeah. Deshaun, that was a sack. But that sack on that series got them off the field, which led to the uh, Houston punting, which gave Tennessee the ball. And then, boom, what happened? That's when that 94-yard scamper went off by the D-train, right? Yeah. No, like I'm yes. not going to argue okay. with you. I'm not going to argue. I know, with I thought, but what yeah. I wanted to do is I wanted to get that in so I can give the defense some love because you know you offensive guys. You know I got to. I'm going to brag on some of these defensive guys. And then let's talk about the secondary. And I'm going to say this because you know I'm a former cornerback, Davey. I know. And Davey, I'm going to say this. I love you like a brother I never wanted. And the reason that I say that when you start talking about defensive backs <laughs> having their way, let me say this again. Malcolm Butler had a tough, tough day today. But they competed, and let me say this, I know a lot of times when people see a lot of the, the receivers making a lot of catches, now explosive plays, I said, that cannot happen. That happened against Minnesota, and it almost got them beat. Today it happened again. Now Malcolm got caught up again in the end of the game. He was playing what we call a two-to-one zone, which he's reading two-to-one. He didn't get no depth. So what happens is he actually saw the inside the number two receiver stop, goes in, uh, KB picks him up, but again, he didn't account for Fuller, who's the speed guy. And so what happens is, what happened was, excuse me, was because Butler didn't get any depth. When you're, when you're playing two guys two to one, the way that you don't let the receiver get on top of you is you got to make sure because you're the last line of defense, you got to get depth. He got caught looking inside and the receiver, hey, my man is so fast, he got past him. So he couldn't account for him, and that's what got that bomb in there. 
So what I'm saying is a guy that really played well was Christian Fulton. Now he didn't get a lot of credit today, but let me tell you something. He was plastering guys. He was draping those receivers all day and he competed. I think Butler just had a tough day. The guy that we actually praised a few days ago. Yeah. But then I'm going to say this is that. Can I interrupt you real quick to ask a question since you were talking about that play with Fuller? It looked like the Titans were a little confused, or at least Butler was, on what the assignment was supposed to be run there. I know there. what it was. But I know, but did, like, that might be what Butler thought, but it, there was a chance where I, or a situation, I thought he maybe thought he had safety help over the top. No, 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 no. What you're doing is that's what we call, it's called what we call a zone dog. And so a zone dog, typically what happens is, is a corner would actually split two to one. Two to one being the number two receiver inside and the number one receiver on the outside. What coaches teach you, you teach a cornerback, because we used to play that coverage all the time in Tennessee, where a lot of times if you're the corner and you're going to take the place, say you're going to replace the safety, you get depth. So what, what Malcolm was doing is he was going two to one. The problem is, is that he got caught up and he was reading two. So when two stopped his route, number two ran a deep dig. When he ran a deep dig inside, KB jumped that. KB was on that guy. The problem is, is the number one receiver was already, uh, he was already on him. So it's hard when a receiver is already on you. Now you got to turn to that receiver and that receiver can fly. You can't catch up to him. And that's what happened. It's called, he got caught in a no man zone. And that's exactly happens all the time. So what you want to do when you play that coverage is you want to get depth. You got to be the deepest of the deepest. And when you do that, you can combat that. And what you want to do in that case you want to keep everything in front of you. See, I used to play that coverage all the time with the Broncos. And it's like, what, you mean you can cover two guys at one time? Yes. You got to understand sometimes there's holes in the defense. And you got to give up. If, if they make a play, make a play where there's a hole in the defense. That means that the number two guys push it and the number one guy push it. You can push either one or you can teach a guy to wheel turn. So just in case a, a, court, a quarterback decides that I want to throw the fade to the number one receiver, if I got depth. I can wheel turn and still be on top of that guy. So he just got caught up. What happens is the eyes are typically on one guy and you kind of miss the other. And these guys are so fast that they get behind you and you can't catch up. So that was a play where they could correct that because they're going to need that uh, in the near future, the way the offenses are predict- the way the offenses are ran now. I, I got you. I, I guess what I was trying to, I was possibly thinking was after the play you saw, I couldn't tell if Malcolm thought, they were supposed to be running something other than what they did because of his frustration or if his frustration was more of just on the fact that he realized he got beat and was kind of getting a little chirpy there because I, like, I agree. I, I thought he got beat on the play based off of, of, of what I was watching there. But then yeah. as they were kind of talking about it, I was like, well, maybe he was expecting somebody else to run a different coverage over the backside with the safety. Right. But, but based off what you're saying, he just got, he just got burned on that one because he got caught in on the guy that KB ended up taking. Right. So what happens is, is in the near future, what the cornerbacks coach is going to tell him says, Malcolm, listen, you get depth. And if you got to cheat to get more depth, cheat. If you got to cheat some more, cheat. Yeah. It's especially because Fuller is a burner. That was his thing coming out of Notre Dame is his speed. So once Fuller, if Fuller, if I'm backpedaling and Fuller's, if he's going forward and, and his momentum and his speed, basically this guy's a burner, then I don't care how fast you are as a defensive back. If you're taught the wheel turn or you turn into the guy or a zone turn and he's on you, he's going to get past you. Well, you know, it's like if I was yeah. racing Usain Bolt, you know, if you give me a 10-yard lead and he's already, if he starts out backwards, I'm going to get him. 
Well, the Titans know that that's what Fuller's going to do. That's like because yeah. I mean, if you look at this coaching staff, they spend a lot of time in Houston. They realize what Fuller's ability is, and whenever you've watched him play with the Texans' offense, if he's not out there, like you had that a couple of times last year, if he's not out there, their deep threat is gone, and so they have to slowly and methodically beat you by, I mean, dinking and diving over the the middle of the field. Which I mean, I will say today they did a really good job of hitting their crossing routes. And I thought the offensive yeah. line did a lot better job than I expected for for them and, and gave Deshaun Watson plenty of time. And, I mean, he was he was very efficient. Like, we know he's a good quarterback. And yes. he, he really roasted the Titans' defense majority of the game. It just so happens that the Titans' offense was able to continue to score and put up the points. And it, it's one of those things, too, where I know we've, we've kind of been talking about all these little moments leading up to overtime. And... This was one of those games where whoever got the ball in overtime first was going to win the game. You could just wow. tell that's the way it was going. And you even saw when they had the the coin flip, obviously the Texans were the away team. Texans got to call it. Deshaun called tails. And it was heads, fortunately. And you could just see the look and the expression Deshaun made where his head just goes all the way back like he just knew it. Like that was that was our chance to basically win the game was getting the coin flip. And... The Titans get the ball, and, I mean, I just, I love this drive. It's six plays, 82 yards, took three minutes and 30 seconds off the clock. But I'm just going to read this out here to you, Denard. First play, Titans get the ball at the 18. Derrick Henry left tackle to the Titans, 20 for two yards. Next play, it's second and eight. Ryan Tannehill passed short right to Derrick Henry for 53 yards. He took off there. Next play, Jeremy Jeremy McNichols. I got to give love to Jeremy. He had a hell of a game. I think he had five rushes for 51 yards. Like, I mean, if you're averaging 10 yards a carry, you're doing it right. And so he gets 17 yards off that run. And, like, it was one of those where he just didn't quit. And I also I want to give Jeremy credit because one of the things that he does that a lot of people will, I guess, just like fans typically overlook, but he is incredible in pass protection for a guy that you probably weren't expecting a whole lot out of coming into the year. And that's why you see him out there so much is because he gives you opportunities to buy Ryan Tannehill a couple more seconds in the pocket. And he had one today where I think he hit Ferkser over the middle. And Ryan's going to get creamed if it's not for McNichols st- stepping up and taking on. I think he really took two guys out with that one play. I wish I could think of uh, which exact play that was. But, I mean, he really has shown to be a quality running back for the Titans so far this year. But after McNichols gets you the first down, you get it at first and goal at the Houston 10. Derrick Henry runs it for three yards. Next play, second goal, Ryan Tannehill pass short left, Jeremy McNichols for two yards, and then it's third and goal. What are you going to do? You go with the Wildcat package. Derrick Henry takes the direct snap, runs it in five yards, game over. Titans win 42-36. They also cover. So you put the money on them. You got that. And it was just a dominating performance on the ground for the Titans. The Houston front seven had no no way to stop it. I'm, I'm going to tell me if you've ever seen a stat line like this. Titans rushing. Derrick Henry, 22 carries, 210 yards, two touchdowns, average 9.6 yards a carry. Jeremy McNichols, five carries, 51 yards, 10.2 yards a carry. I mean, both of those guys in that offensive line were just incredible today. I tell you what, 
and, and I'm going to say this again. We, I think we get so caught up in stats. I love to watch. I just like when I watch the game, I love to watch like the what happened on this play. I go back to that 94-yard scamper against Derek when he ran that ball right down. I mean, when he, it was indescribable watching that play. But to me, it always starts in the trenches. There's two guys in particular that I want to call out that their names won't be on anybody's stat sheet. And that's the right guard, Nate Davis. That's the center, Ben Jones. And that's the left guard, Roger Saffold. Now, we know that the play that when Derek started off, he went left. And then that zone block, he did what we call a one-cut go. That's what Terrell Davis made a lot of money on that play right there. He starts one day, starts one way, excuse me, and then he waits when they're zone blocking for that hole, that little crease to open up, and then boom, he hits it. Every day the Broncos would run that play about 20 times over and over and over and over again. And we saw that hole open up like the Red Sea. You know why? Because if you watch that play, Nate Davis takes that defensive tackle and drives him back 10 yards. And we won't see that. That's why I love to give so much love to the big man in the trenches. You know why? That's why quarterbacks take care of their offensive linemen. That's why Aaron Rodgers and Big Ben, they take their linemen out to dinner on Thursdays. And no matter what the tab is, if it's $20,000, you pay the $20,000 tab. When those guys go to the Pro Bowl, who are the first per- first people they're thinking? I mean, they're thinking. Their offensive line, your defensive linemen, that is where the game is won or lost. And to, I'm telling you today, this offensive line for the Titans, we never mentioned these, these guys, but I got to give it out. I know Taylor was banged up today, but these guys, Saffold, Jones, Davis, Kelly, to me, this is one of, if not the best line in the National Football League. They're and when you're back, like yeah, and, and, and when a back goes over 200 yards rushing, you know why? Because the guys up front, they're the ones that are getting the job done. You know, I, I, when I played for the Broncos and when I played for the Titans, it was all about guys like Bruce Matthews, John Hop, big, big John Hopkins, yeah. B Hop. I, I I don't know if you saw the stat when they they flashed it on the uh, the game cast today, but it was since 2018. Derrick Henry has had three games where he's rushed for over 200 yards. Do you know how many the rest of the NFL has had during that time period? Zilch. Uh, th- there was three. Three. Three others. Yeah, but no nah, man, it's like one player 300 yards or 200 yards in a game, and he did that in the playoffs, and then he also did it to the Texans in Week 17 last year. So this is just a team that. Derrick Henry has just been destroying the last several times he's played him. Well, last year he put, what, 211 on him mm-hmm. you know, week 17. So he loves his team. I'm sure when Houston comes to town, he's just like a, a kid in a candy store. He knows he's going to get what he wants. <laughs> yeah. Th- things are looking up as the Titans continue on. We'll, um, we'll talk later in the week. We'll hopefully have more of an injury update on Jonu Smith. Jonu was battling with an ankle injury. Taylor Lewan with a knee issue. I've not heard anything definitive on those guys and what that could possibly mean as far as their playing status moving forward. But, Denard, before we go, any final thoughts? I would tell them to enjoy this win. It was a well-deserved victory on such a short week. People don't realize how hard it is to prepare for a game. When you play Tuesday and you got to turn around a few days later, but five days later and play on a Sunday, how taxing that is on your mind and your body. Anytime 
in this game where you have to play a Monday night game and then turn around and have to play Sunday night the way I used to in the olden days, it's tough. It's a short week. Your body is still basically, it's, it's hurting. And so you got to fight through, you got to fight through everything for that whole entire week. You got to rest. You got to get your, what, go to your massage therapist. You got to do what you got to do to get yourself ready. But today, this is a team that they got themselves mentally ready for a dogfight. And they deserve this victory because they went out and they took it. Uh, it. Nothing was given to this team. They went out and basically said, oh boy, we're in a grudge match. They're punching us hard. We got to punch back. They got kicked around a little bit and they kicked back. And today the bigger team won. So congratulations to the Tennessee Titans going 5-0. and Certainly. And we'll be back here later this week with more coverage as the Titans get ready to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers this coming Sunday in Nissan Stadium. Two 5-0 teams going at it, but again, the Titans win a thriller today, 42-36 to over the AFC South division rival Houston Texans. We keep on trucking, but that is going to do it for us today. For Denard Walker, I am Davey Hudson. You have been listening to Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network, and as always, tighten up. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We are available on all your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can follow along to keep up with all the latest Titans information on Twitter at Believe Titans. That's B-L-E-A-V-T-I-T-A-N-S. And hey, if you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.